It's 5 o'clock. Good morning. It's the news hour. I'm Noam Layton. It is Friday, September 29th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain on and off throughout this day. The high 62. Saturday morning showers high 65. And then finally, the sun reappears on Sunday sunshine. It's going to be just beautiful. High 76. But if you are walking out the door with us right now, 57 and cloudy in New City up in Rockland County. 59 and raining in Frenchtown down in New Jersey. And it is 59 and raining here in Midtown. And definitely the talk over this day will be how much rain is going to fall. We're going to get smacked with a couple inches on top of all the rain that we've been hit by over the last week or so. MTA kind of worried about what this is going to mean for the subways. You know, over the years, they've had issues with flooding. MTA chair Jano Lieber says there will be subway systems that will likely take on water today. So, you know, just check out MTA's website before you head out. There is going to be water in some of our facilities. It is inevitable. The good news is the system is designed to take water and to pump it out in huge amounts. So Lieber says crews with the LIRR Metro North have been deployed to strategic locations so they can quickly respond when needed. The MTA, of course, has spent billions of dollars since Hurricane Sandy to protect some of the stations that are most vulnerable. We have an established protocol for this, and every aspect of it is being deployed. Yeah, so... Uh, if your subway's one that floods pretty often, probably a better best bet to take a bus if you have to today. We never seem to be able to pinpoint where it's going to take place, but we have equipment that makes sure that we're ready to deal with the consequences. We have pump trains that are being deployed throughout the system. Yeah, so we're going to watch this all day along with the MTA and where we see spots where the flooding takes place. For sure, Joe Nolan will be all over it, and we will watch it as well. In the meantime, the MTA says they have buses prepared to pick up any slack and fill service gaps where they are if some of these subway stations are flooded out over the next couple hours. I mean, if you were in the tri-state, no doubt you saw it rained most of the night. It's supposed to rain most of the day, so we're definitely going to have some issues as the day wears on. A big story out of the Bronx. More than 40 pounds of fentanyl worth almost $1.5 million on the street seized from a drug mill that's located just six blocks from that daycare where that one-year-old died after fentanyl exposure and those three other kids were taken to the hospital. This is kind of a wild story. DEA agents arrested Juan Gabriel Herrera Vargas. Uh, he's charged with operating as a major drug trafficker. So what was he doing? He was carrying this fentanyl on the subway. Vargas was seen exiting the Kingsbridge Road subway station, pulling a black and tan rolling suitcase, and it was full of fentanyl. This is extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um, if this drug were to get airborne, it would cause an enormous amount of, of problems. There was approximately 780,000 lethal doses of fentanyl in that rollaway suitcase that we interdicted. Yeah, this is really frightening stuff. Good job done by those DEA agents. But of course, it makes you think how many other people are carrying around suitcases on the subway with this kind of thing. DEA agents, NYPD officers approached Vargas uh, when he came out of the subway station. Uh, he ran. They eventually caught up with him inside 
uh, that suitcase, 13 rectangular-shaped kilogram bricks of suspected fentanyl. Uh, later that night, they spotted him coming out of an apartment with another suitcase. Uh, it contained 50,000 glassines wrapped of, uh, in 25 larger bricks of drugs. I mean, this guy just had everything in these suitcases, and he, and he was rolling them around. I laugh, but there's nothing funny about it. He was rolling them around on the subway. It shows you that these traffickers don't care about the public safety. They only care about the greed and the money that they're going to make. Even after four babies were poisoned and one died, they're continuing to work. They're continuing to push this poison throughout New York City. Yeah, so in this guy's uh, apartment, they found a kilogram of suspected fentanyl, six pounds of loose powder. It just goes on and on. Good thing is they caught up with them and uh, likely will spend a lot of time behind bars. Crazy story out of Queens. A family there taking legal action against their neighbor after a dispute over a party left them, they say, feeling dehumanized. Claude, uh, uh, Claudia DeRoso and the family were concerned after they had put together this birthday party celebration among friends in their backyard. Well, the neighbor said that he thought that they were getting too loud and that he went over and told them to keep it down. And uh, this family, it wasn't a beer bash. It looked like just a regular old backyard dinner party. But at some point, he said he got tired of the noise. So um, he brought over a hose and he started squirting these party guests with a hose. And you can imagine the party guests none too happy. Dehumanized our clients. He sprayed them as if they were farm animals. We were afraid. We were afraid. That, to me, is a sign of aggression. Yeah, in the lawsuit filed by the family, uh, they say they walked into this Forest Hills home. Uh, this guy first came over with a menacing German shepherd to warn them that they had been too loud. And then, and then he pulls out this hose because he apparently got tired of hearing the noise and started spraying them. And they tried to talk to him as he was squirting them. And you'd imagine they're in their party clothes. And they say the more they tried to talk to him, the more he squirted them with water. He walked back, picked up a hose, and hosed me down while I was talking to him. I know he saw me. We made eye contact. And I tried to speak to him. And that is... Every time I tried to speak, he's spraying harder. Yeah, I mean, this is not good for future neighborly... uh, Uh, Getting along with your neighbors in the future. Police were called. There were no charges filed. But this lawsuit uh, is going to go forward. Uh, Both sides suing each other. Oh, by the way, I keep forgetting to mention this. And uh, the station really wants me to. So I'm happy to. It is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. And uh, I have a podcast I did where I talked to former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who uh, survived prostate cancer, thank God. Rudy, uh, Curtis Lewa, who also survived prostate cancer. And uh, Sid Rosenberg, who, of course, worked with Bernie McGurk, who unfortunately did not survive prostate cancer. And uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in this uh, podcast, which is up at WABCRadio.com. A lot of it uh, was with Rudy. I mean, the other, all three of them were fascinating. Don't get me wrong. But Rudy was in the middle, if you remember, of a Senate race with Hillary Clinton at the time, back in 2000, when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so we get into that story and what it was like. 
and having to drop out of the race and still being mayor and fighting prostate cancer. Uh, some of these details he's never told before. So you want to go over to WABCRadio.com. You'll see that minicast with Rudy, Curtis, and Sid. Make sure you tune in. WABC News Time 509. Lawmakers have essentially until 12.01 Sunday morning to come up with a budget plan that would prevent the fourth partial shutdown of the government this decade. The standoff remains over demands from Republicans who want amendments that address border security. Shut down the open border and secure it. Or do you prefer to shut down the government? We'll see what happens between now and Saturday night. That's Texas Congressman Chip Roy. The Senate's stopgap bill would fund the government for six weeks and help Ukraine. But House Speaker Kevin McCarthy won't even entertain that plan. But, uh, obviously, the Democrats don't seem that all that interested. Will not work with us at all to actually do what most Americans want us to do, which is stop the insanity, stop the lawlessness. It's starting to look more and more like this might happen. The top Democrat in the House says he supports that short term funding bill that advanced through the Senate. Put the bipartisan continuing resolution on the floor of the House for an up or down vote. And we can avoid the extreme MAGA Republican shutdown. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries there. So this bill would fund the government through mid-November. It does include that aid for Ukraine, disaster relief funding. Uh, The conservative House Republicans oppose that money for Ukraine. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has uh, indicated that he would not allow a vote on the bill. Federal funding again set to expire Saturday night or 12.01 Sunday morning. Put the bill on the floor. For an up or down vote. And if you don't, you own this government shutdown. That's uh, Kim Jeffries. Uh, WABC News Time, of course, will follow this story all weekend long. Keep it here, 77 WABC. Maybe they'll, they'll come up with a last-minute vote where they can get this done. But right now, it does not look like that will happen. 511 House Republicans holding their first hearing in their impeachment investigation of President Biden. Republicans looking into whether the president improperly profited off his son Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings while he was vice president. Joe Biden lied to the American people that he never spoke to his family about their business dealings. He lied by telling the American people that there was an absolute wall between his official government duties and his personal life. Oversight Committee Chair James Comer there claims investigations reveal how Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. President Biden has lied to the American people about his knowledge of and participation in his family's corrupt business schemes. Of course, there's Democrats on this committee. They fought back against this idea. One of them, Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin. They don't want to cut off public services to the people and deny paychecks to more than a million service members without first launching an impeachment drop. So he's trying to, um, Jamie Raskin here, is trying to mix the government shutdown with the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden saying that they can't handle both things at the same time. They don't want to cut off public services to the people and deny paychecks to more than a million service members without first launching an impeachment drive, even when they don't have a shred of evidence against President Biden. Yes. So he says it's um, this whole inquiry is on a long debunked and discredited lie. It is chaotic infighting between Republicans and Republicans. It's mega versus extreme mega. James Comer, the congressman, would push back against that idea. In fact, now issuing subpoenas for Hunter Biden's bank records as part of this impeachment inquiry. We have bank wires that show that Biden's took $20 million from foreign nationals in at least five different countries. They can't say one thing they did 
to earn that $20 million. We also have evidence that they started 20 shell companies. Uh, George Washington University law professor, by the way, says the House has met the threshold to launch this impeachment inquiry into Biden. I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment. That is something that an inquiry has to establish. Yeah, uh, the, okay. Uh, Professor John Turley testifying in the first hearing of this impeachment investigation, uh, noting that Biden has spoken falsely in those foreign deals and may have profited off an alleged influence peddling scheme through his son. Of course, this is not going away. This will be, continue to be the big story of sure over the next couple of months. 514. Let's go down to Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott floating the idea of using a disaster declaration as a way to stop the flow of illegal immigration into a state he points to the rising number of tuberculosis cases reported among migrants in el paso texas we as a state have the ability to control ingress and egress into or out from the state of texas where we will not allow the health and safety of the people of the state of Texas be compromised. TB, of course, a highly contagious disease caused by a bacterial infection. It can result in death. El Paso health workers have isolated three cases. There's now a push to see if there are more. We will not allow the health of the people of the state of Texas be compromised by people who are entering our country and our state that may have health issues. There have been some new health care concerns raised by some of the people that came into El Paso that we are monitoring. And, of course, those buses continue to roll right here into New York City from the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, New York doing something interesting to try and stop that flow. We'll tell you what that is coming up in just a moment. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Friday. Good morning to you as well, Noam Alayden. We will. We'll start in Green Bay, where the Packers welcomed in the Detroit Lions for the NFL's Week 4 kickoff on Thursday night. Football only get steamrolled by a score of 34-20 to by Detroit. Moves to an impressive 3-1 and on the year. The Packers, for that matter, moved to an even 2-2 two and two on the still young season. Looking ahead to local action this weekend in the NFL, the Jets are 9.5-point home underdogs Sunday night against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. That kickoff is set for 8.20 p.m. The Giants have the lone Monday night slot this week. I know we were wondering if we'd be having those doubleheaders all season. No, so just the one Monday night game this week. Well, that's why I like it. Yeah, exactly. Too confusing with two. I know. It's too much. It's, you're flipping back and forth. Yeah. You just keep me on one channel. Just baby. give me one great game, even though that's <laughs> not one. But just give me one great game and call it call the day. There you, for that matter, let's get uh, Thursday Night Football if I Amazon Prime. How about it? Yeah. All right? Because yeah. half, half the world can't watch it. Yeah, that is kind of annoying. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, Giants though, no, they I have, can give you my password though if you want to watch. I it. have, I actually have it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just talking for the people. For the, I got gotcha. you for the general public. Oh, maybe I'll share my password on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Gnome's password for Amazon Prime coming up next. Welcoming in uh, the Giants. That is, they're welcoming the Seattle Seahawks for an 8:15 p.m. kickoff. That's Monday night. They're one and a half point home dogs. There, college football to look forward to starting tonight. You got four games on the slate, but the only notable is number ten Utah at nineteen Oregon State. Oregon State three and a half point home uh, or uh, favorites there. That's a nine p.m. kickoff tomorrow, uh, starting at noon. Eight USC. They're twenty one and a half point favorites at Colorado. Number one Georgia is taking on Auburn in Auburn. Georgia there, 14.5-point favorites. That's a 3.30 p.m. kickoff. Also at 3.30 p.m., number two, Michigan, 17.5-point favorites at Nebraska. 
And uh, your final, or and then two more three thirty games actually tomorrow. I'm twenty four Kansas at three Texas. Texas is sixteen and a half point favorites there. And then Rutgers three and one Rutgers. They're in action at three thirty as well tomorrow. They're going to welcome in Wagner. And lastly, on the diamond, the Yankees lost six to nothing to the Blue Jays in Toronto. The Jays have yet to clinch, but they're in position for the second AO wild card. One game ahead of Houston and two games in front of Seattle. Sticking in the AL East, we got a uh, division champion now, and it's the exciting one hundred win Baltimore Orioles team that takes the cake heading into the playoffs. That surprises a lot of baseball fans this year, but the Baltimore Orioles, very, very impressive season. As for the Mets, they were down 2-1 to uh, to to the Marlins at home before play got suspended due to weather. Play will resume there. In the ninth Um, inning, by the way. For three hours. How do you suspend it in the ninth? And now they got to come back on Monday and play just that one inning, I I think. I know. And weren't they sitting around for like three hours? They were. That's ridiculous. It was crazy. I mean, just call the game after like a half an hour. What are you doing? Or finish it. But how great is that? They got to play one inning on Monday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so especially, especially because like what are the, what are the Mets playing that one inning for? You know, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just nothing. give up the game. You know, <laughs> you can have it. You can have it. Yeah, My worth God. It. Uh, so that's sports. Now I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520. So New York City reportedly distributing flyers to migrants and shelters at the U.S. southern border that say the city's resources have been exhausted and that they won't get any help finding work. The uh, one-page flyer is printed in both English and Spanish. It warns migrants that you will not be placed in a hotel and that New York City is one of the most expensive cities in the world and that you're better going off to a more affordable city. So this is a try to stop this flow some 2,000 migrants showing up here every single week. There are people in our shelters who are telling their family members to come to New York City and that they'll get housing and that they'll be able to stay with them. Yeah, well, it looks awfully attractive on paper, this flyer trying to change that. Uh, it also declares that New York City cannot help you obtain a work permit and you will not be able to easily find work, which is kind of stretching the truth just a bit because uh, work permits now available to Venezuelans who came here before July. They'd only have to wait 30 days. Uh, so some city council members say, look, you're going to send those flyers to the border. At least tell the truth about what's going on here. We have to be truthful about the challenges that New York City faces um, in providing adequate services for s- such a high number of migrants without embellishing uh, anything. There really is no need to embellish an issue that I think right now the nation sees. Yeah, so the effort to dissuade migrants from coming to New York is just the latest attempt to slow down this rapid influx of more than 100,000 people who have arrived here since last year, just overwhelming our shelter system, uh, straining us uh, money-wise. The city pays $387 a day to shelter each migrant family and estimates the cost for caring for the migrants will total $12 billion come the middle of the year 2025. WABC News Time 522. President Biden calling out Donald Trump as a threat to a demo- uh, to democracy during a speech yesterday. This president is above the law, no limits on power. Trump says the Constitution gave him, quote, the right to do whatever he wants as president. The president's given a number of speeches like this over the years. In a speech honoring the late Senator John McCain in Arizona, Biden said the former president is not guided by the Constitution, but by rather vengeance. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. The MAGA movement, not guided by the Constitution or by comment, service and decency toward our fellow Americans. 
but by vengeance and vindictiveness. So the president was urging Americans during this speech, regardless of party, to put the preservation of the country before everything else. This MAGA threat is a threat to the brick and mortar of our democratic institutions. It's also a threat to the character of our nation. Now, maybe the most interesting moment of this speech was that he was heckled during it yesterday by a climate activist. You know, these climate activists. Remember at the U.S. Open a couple weeks ago, one of those climate activists uh, glued his feet to the stadium floor at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yet other twos that were heckling players on the court play stopped for like an hour. Here was a climate activist. Activists going after President Biden saying he's not doing enough to help the climate. But it's not easy. It's not easy. Why don't you wait? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'll be happy to meet with you after I speak, okay? I always like that tactic, uh, I'll meet you with you afterwards. I wonder if it actually happens. I'll tell you what, if you shush up, I'll meet with you immediately after this. Okay. okay. I don't know if the president did meet with him afterwards. We'll have to check and see. White uh, Republican White House uh, debate number two took place on Wednesday night out in California. That was This was the one where everybody was talking over each of other. Anybody who's involved. Some of us are Here's, excuse about me. Excuse me. Not. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. Yeah, okay. Well, you got the idea. Seven candidates and all uh, took the stage. Donald Trump again skipped it. So we are out asking voters who you think won this debate. This woman said uh, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, or I should say former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, for her was a clear winner on Wednesday night. She gave very specific answers on like how she would fix it, fix the country. So I, you don't want to hear just fluff. Others right? thought uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis performed better in the second debate than he did in the first, but they don't think he has a shot. I think Ron DeSantis did a much, much better job uh, during the second debate. However, I don't think he really resonates with the American people. I still think Donald, Donald Trump is going to be the front runner. Well, he is the front runner right now. Most polls show former President Trump with a 40 point or more lead over all the other Republicans in the race for the White House. When nature calls and you're out and about, a new app can find you some relief. The app is called Rest Space, and it's designed to help you find a private bathroom to rent in San Diego. It's kind of like Uber for a potty. Prices start at $15 for 15 minutes. Rest Space is unique to the San Diego area, but not to the world of toilet location apps. There's also Toilet Finder, Flush Finder, and in the UK, Lou Finder. Okay. I'm John Fink. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know about any of those. U.S. mortgage rates jumped last week to the highest level since 2000. The contract rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage rose 10 basis points to 7.41% in the week ending September 22nd. This is according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Home prices continue to rise amid the limited supply of homes for sale. Part of the reason for the lean inventory is because many home buyers don't want to move in the current high rate environment. Moving would cause them to lose the lower mortgage rate that they locked in years prior. Last week, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said that the central bank will keep borrowing costs elevated and could possibly bump them even higher 
higher if inflation fails to recede back towards 2%. Aaron Rayal, NBC News Radio. All right, the opening bell, it rings this morning as the trading week winds down on Wall Street following a higher close yesterday. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 116 points. S&P 500 rose 25. The Nasdaq gained 108 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Friday, September 29th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. It's going to be rain again today. On and off throughout the day, some high uh, wind gusts as well, the high 62. Tomorrow, uh, it begins with morning showers, then a cloudy afternoon, high 65. And the payoff, it comes Sunday. Sunshine, high 76. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 57 cloudy in New City up in Rockland County. 59 and raining in Frenchtown down in New Jersey. And it is 59 and raining here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour over in Clifton, New Jersey. A busted up windshield. A couple of cracks. Crash cars and a visibly shaken driver, all the result of a deer that somehow jumped off an overpass and plunged through the windshield of a car on the Clifton, New Jersey highway. The freak accident unfolded Wednesday morning when this deer leapt off the Route 3 overpass and struck this car that was driving on Route 21. Jasper Cadoro was driving when the car in front of him suddenly stopped uh, following a collision. And then uh, he was like, what the heck's going on here? And he went to see. Out of nowhere, his vehicle just stops as in and starts shimmying and then cuts left. And I basically T-bone him. So our vehicle stopped and I'm facing him, the driver. He's looking out of his driver's window. And all I see is this green stuff all over his body. I thought that maybe he had like a Starbucks matcha or something and it had spilled on himself or like burnt himself and maybe that was the reason. No, there's a whole lot more to this story. So Codoro, another person who had stopped, went into the driver to pull him out and that's when they figured what the heck was going on. We started helping him wipe off. We called the police, etc. And when we backed my vehicle away and actually finally opened up the door, a full-on deer was sitting underneath his uh, steering wheel uh, shaft out of nowhere. It's not like he hit something, he saw something coming. It literally was just boom, there, boom. I, I actually feel really bad for that guy because I can only imagine, like, sort of traumatic experience it is. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. How weird is that? A deer jumping off an overpass and then through the windshield? Of course, the best part of this story is the driver is okay. I mean, just real, real minor injuries, but he's all right. The doe, you might not be surprised to hear, did not survive, but the driver okay and everybody else uh, okay as well. 534. Staten Island Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis says immigration officials have been telling her that the city is harboring criminals, uh, some of them the migrants who have crossed the border. It's not just the unsustainable flow that are crushing the taxpayers that we just simply can't afford. It is also the drugs, the fentanyl. It's not safe for American citizens. It's not safe for the migrants either. 
And she says because New York City is a sanctuary city, the NYPD is not allowed to cooperate with immigration enforcement when they ask them to turn over someone who's suspected of a crime. To hear that these people are not even being turned over to be deported, that we continue to pay for them to live in a luxury hotel room in New York City, is just it's ludicrous and it's so insulting to the taxpayers of New York. So Congressman Maliotakis says numerous crimes carried out by migrants at the Migrant Intake Center at the Roosevelt Hotel. And so far, the thought is none of these people have been sent back home. Meanwhile, New York Governor Kathy Hochul accusing Texas Governor Greg Abbott of grandstanding when it comes to the migrant crisis. It comes after the Republican said Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul, both Democrats, seem to be following his advice by continuing to call on the federal government for help with the ongoing migrant crisis. Let me be clear. I will not be taking advice from Greg Abbott. Okay, Hochul says the president wants to add resources, won't be able to do if the federal government shuts down. She's worried about this government shutdown, what it might mean for handling the migrant crisis here in the city. This is just pure politics, what he is talking about. And if he's genuine about solving the problem, don't come to New York and grandstand. Go to Washington and meet with Speaker McCarthy. Yeah, everything's sort of being pinned back to this government shutdown, whether you agree or disagree. That government shutdown could come 12.01 Sunday morning if both sides can't come up with an agreement. Well, uh, let's go down to D.C. where New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez doubling down on his refusal to resign amid his legal troubles. He met with the Democratic Senate caucus for a closed lunch yesterday, one day after appearing in lower Manhattan federal court for corruption and bribery charges. He says uh, he thought you know, there was some thought maybe he would tell them he's going to quit. But uh, apparently he told them quite the opposite, that he's not going anywhere. He'll try to fight off these charges. Meanwhile, voters in uh, his hometown of Union City, New Jersey, kind of wish he would go away. Not everybody, but some of them. Get him out of here as fast as you can. Second time around, right? It's ridiculous. Crook should have resigned 10 years ago. American greedy politics. This is just what our society has become. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer apparently did not say anything during this meeting with Bob Menendez yesterday. Uh, Menendez then telling reporters as he walked out that he would continue to cast votes on behalf of the people of New Jersey, as he'd done for the last 18 years. But again, meanwhile, voters back in New Jersey, not so sure they want that to happen. He's innocent to proven guilty, but this is greed at its worst. Great state of New Jersey. Even Phil Murphy wants him out. Something else. Not surprising, honestly. This is just a greedy politician who's living off the government darn. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that bribery case. WABC News Time 539. Are you someone who's been searching for the COVID booster shot? It may be hard to find. Some New York pharmacies reporting problems meeting demand for the COVID-19 shot with COVID infections on the rise. Uh, Mount Carmel Pharmacy, that's up in the Bronx, says they do not have enough of the new vaccine to serve what is a growing list that's climbed to hundreds of people who want to roll up their sleeve. There's not enough COVID in the marketplace for me to set up the hundreds of people who who are in need of that vaccine. That's pharmacist Roger Paginelli says uh, supply chain issues. This is what he's being told, being blamed. In the meantime, uh, Northwell Health, actually, they're holding off on offering the new COVID booster to the public. Dr. Bruce Farber, who's the chief uh, epidemiologist there, says uh, they will give the shot to the doctors and nurses at the hospital in uh, first. They'll get the first in line. And then when more of the vaccine comes in, they'll start giving it to the public. We haven't had enough to even roll out to the staff. Yeah, I mean, it seems to make sense to give it to the staff first if they want it. Um, 
Uh, the city says, uh, city health department says, don't give up, though. Uh, you can check their website every day and see where the vaccine is available. And uh, head over there to roll up your sleeve and get that booster if you want it. 540, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand warning there will be major disruptions here in New York if the federal government shuts down 12.01 a.m. Sunday morning. So that's whether it's disaster aid, small businesses, or just the workers themselves, or safety net programs. It all means less money coming into New York. Lots of gloom and doom being predicted here. She says more than 400,000 New Yorkers who rely on food assistance would be at risk of losing it. The Small Business Administration would not be able to issue new loans and new federal funds to help with the migrant crisis could be delayed. If these federal workers aren't working, well, all the places they go for lunch and for dinner and for, you know, dropping off their dry cleaning and bringing their kids to daycares, all of that becomes at risk. Yeah, and if you're living paycheck to paycheck, of course, this becomes an issue if you don't get a paycheck. She says there's around 100,000 federal employees and service members right here in New York State. That's a huge economic engine. So it's millions of dollars per day that's getting lost in our local economies because of those two classes of workers federal employees and service members are not getting paid. Yeah, so as of now, anyway, it looks like this may happen as Republicans and Democrats try to come up, hash out a deal. But as of 542 this morning, it doesn't sound like that's going to take place. A truck driver being issued a slew of tickets after getting stuck in the battery tunnel yesterday. The Bridges and Tunnel president says the driver of this 18-wheel tractor trailer just completely ignored all the signs and an officer who tried to stop him before he entered the Brooklyn-bound tube. Then proceeded about a mile into the tunnel, got stuck about mid-river, and the, the, the trailer was wedged between the, the roof of the tunnel and and. That's where he stayed for about two hours. All right, so that's dopey enough that you try to go through a tunnel that you're not supposed to. Uh, he was carrying paint. Uh, he was headed to Long Island. He was driving in the HOV lane with a flat tire and an unregistered vehicle uh, and some other violations that apparently he had never paid before. So now, of course, he's in a whole host of trouble. We believe he, he had stopped in Brooklyn and offloaded some of the paint and was headed to someplace in Long Island for another drop. He got out of his vehicle and tried to flag... The, the driver down, the driver ignored all his warnings and continued through the tunnel. Yeah, imagine being stuck behind that dope. We shouldn't have been there in the first place. Uh, let's go out to uh, Jersey City, an AMC movie theater in Jersey City. It's in the Newport Mall. Shut down due to a rat infestation. Disgusting. City officials say they closed AMC Newport 11 after rats were reportedly spotted getting in through several openings. Now, Interesting, they, News 12 talked to some people who love this movie theater, and for some reason, they didn't seem to be bothered by the fact that rats had taken over these movie theaters. I love the experience there. I love going there. I love how the sound is, um, the people, everybody is great. You know, I have a good time coming. I enjoy myself. I'm a member of AMC, so definitely I'm coming back. <laughs> okay. Uh, AMC yesterday posting an apology on its website said, uh, we apologize for the inconvenience, but this theater temporarily closed due to unforeseen maintenance. So of course, this is in a mall, and it's next to the food court, so I might be worried about what's going on, on across the entire floor of this movie theater, just not inside the movie theater. But they say, please continue to check back for updates. And uh, here's another AMC customer who also 
somehow doesn't seem to be too bothered by the fact that there's rats in the movie theater. I'd be more scared of, like, the lice and the chairs and stuff, yeah, you okay. know? Yeah, I get lice and chairs, yeah. Like, I'm not really too worried about a rat. If anything, it's more for the movie experience, you know? If you're watching a creepy movie and a rat goes by... I'm going to be pretty amped about that. Yeah, okay. There was uh, no immediate word on whether this theater or when this theater will reopen. They say a follow-up inspection. They did something over the last couple of days to try to get rid of these rats. So a follow-up inspection is scheduled for later today. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk with Vaughn Justin Ellen. Uh, thank you, Noah Malladen. We'll start in Green Bay, where the Packers welcomed in the Detroit Lions for the NFL's Week 4 kickoff. On Thursday night, football only gets steamrolled by a score of 34-20 to 20 by Detroit, who moves to an impressive 3-1 and one on the year. The Packers, for that matter, move to an even 2-2 two and two on the still young season. Looking ahead to local action this weekend in the NFL, the Jets are 9.5-point home underdogs Sunday night against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. That kickoff is set for 8.20 p.m. The Giants have the lone Monday night slot this week, welcoming in the Seattle Seahawks for an 8.15 p.m. kickoff as 1.5-point home underdogs there. College football to look forward to starting tonight. Four games on the slate, but the only notable really is number 10, Utah at 19, Oregon State. Oregon State there, three and a half point favorites at 9 p.m. Tomorrow, you got to look forward to the noon kickoff of eight USC, 21 and a half point favorites at Colorado. Before 3.30 p.m., you've got four good games to look forward to. Number one, Georgia, 14.5-point favorites at Auburn. Number two, Michigan, 17.5-point favorites at Nebraska. 24, Kansas at three, Texas. Texas there, 16.5-point favorites. And then 3-1, and Rutgers in action also at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. They'll welcome in Wagner. Lastly on the diamond, the Yankees lost 6 to nothing to the Blue Jays in Toronto. The Jays have yet to clinch, but they're in position for the second AL wild card. One game ahead of Houston and two games in front of Seattle. Sticking in the AL East, we've officially crowned a division champion there, and it's an exciting 100-win Baltimore Orioles team that takes the cake heading into the playoffs. As for the Mets, they were down 2-1 to to the Marlins at home before a play got suspended in the ninth inning. Is that who we should root for, the Orioles? Since uh, you're an AL East guy. Um, uh, I wouldn't do that, no. (laughs) I mean, look, listen, you know, they're not not as... um, as rival to the Yankees as maybe the Red Sox would be, or even right. honestly the Toronto Blue Jays at this point. Right. But uh, but yeah, I mean I I, I wouldn't root for an AFC oh, team. Okay. But secretly deep down in my gut, like they're a fun team to watch. They are. You yeah. know, a very young team, and honestly, as well on top of it all, they had the minor league player of the year in Jackson Holiday, Matt Holiday's son, who was the number one overall pick in the MLB draft uh, this year, and he was the minor league player of the year. So he'll be up in the big leagues. He's 19 years old, so he'll be up by the time he's 21. Hmm. There you go, no. All right. I'm a wealth of information. You are. (laughs) (laughs) That's sports. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. Joe talking about the heavy rainfall. That's going to be one of the big stories of the day. Heavy downpours. Did you try to tell me something? That's the big story. What is the big story? Our award. Oh, so Sid is telling me that the big story of the day is that he has won Best Morning Show. And we handed the trophy uh, this morning at the New York State Broadcasters Luncheon that's taking place at noon. So there you go. That's the biggest story of the day. But after that, it'll be the uh, heavy rainfall expected all day. No, Could, what's no, no. What? They could hmm. drop a bomb in Poland this morning. Yeah, okay. Which, of course, would be horrendous. I love those Polish people. But uh, us winning the best morning show in New York is the only story we should cover today. Okay. Don't worry about government shutdowns, what they're doing to Donald Trump, the impeachment inquiry. Don't worry about any fentanyl in the Bronx. Don't worry about any of it. We are the best morning show in New York, and as Brian Kilmeade is going to tell you later, right. the best morning show in the country. Really? Okay, I like that. 
But I still have seven minutes left in this program, so uh-huh. I can't. I, I mean, I got to yeah. cover something else. I mean, it's called the news hour. That's a good point. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And, God, so. and God bless Poland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the heavy rainfall going to be the big story of the day. Could get two to three inches of rain. The MTA actually really worried about this. Uh, subway systems get flooded out when it rains so hard, and we've had all that deluge of rain for just you know it feels like weeks now. Uh, the MTA chairman Jano Lieber says the subway system will most likely take on water in certain places today, so make sure you head over to mta.gov or listen to us, 77 WABC. Joe Nolan will keep you on top of all this, but uh, be ready that some subway stations will flood out. There is going to be water in some of our facilities. It is inevitable. The good news is the system is designed to take water and to pump it out in huge amounts. Lieber says crews with the LIRR Metro North have been deployed to strategic locations so they can respond quickly when needed to pump this water out. The MTA has actually spent billions of dollars since Hurricane Sandy to protect some of the most vulnerable stations. We have an established protocol for this and every aspect of it is being deployed. We never seem to be able to pinpoint where it's going to take place, but We have equipment that makes sure that we're ready to deal with the consequences. We have pump trains that are being deployed throughout the system. All right, so they're already telling you some subway stations are going to be flooded out. They have buses prepared to pick up any of the slack and fill those service gaps when possible. But it could be a little bit of a tough day getting around the city. One of the other big stories of the morning, DEA agents making a big arrest. A guy with just tons of fentanyl, Juan Gabriel Herrera Vargas, charged with operating a major drug trafficking business. Uh, He carried some of the fentanyl that he was allegedly selling on the subway. Vargas was seen exiting the Kingsbridge Road subway station, pulling a black and tan rolling suitcase. This is extremely dangerous. Um, If this drug were to get airborne, it would cause an enormous amount of of problems. There was approximately 780,000 lethal doses of fentanyl in that rollaway suitcase that we interdicted. Uh, They found him a second time pulling another, a blue rolling suitcase that had all kinds of drugs in it as well. Thank God um, nobody was injured or harmed like that poor one-year-old who... Uh, fentanyl poisoning up in the Bronx last week at the daycare center. It shows you that these traffickers don't care about the public safety. They only care about the greed and the money that they're going to make. Even after four babies were poisoned and one died, they're continuing to work. They're continuing to push this poison throughout New York City. Yeah, so inside the apartment, agents found a lot more drugs. Uh, as you might imagine, he's facing, this guy is facing a ton of charges up in the Bronx. Lawmakers have until 12.01 Sunday now to come up with a budget plan that would prevent the fourth partial shutdown of the government this decade. It doesn't look like that's going to happen in time, but maybe they'll surprise us all. Shut down the open border and secure it, or do you prefer to shut down the government? We'll see what happens between now and Saturday night. Yeah, so the standoff remains over the Republicans who want amendments in this bill that address border security. That's Texas Congressman Chip Roy there. But uh, obviously the Democrats don't seem all that interested will not work with us at all to actually do what most Americans want us to do, which is stop the insanity, stop the lawlessness. And the top Democrat in the House says he supports the short-term funding bill, which seems sort of like it's dead, but advanced through the uh, Senate. Put the bipartisan continuing resolution on the floor of the House for an up-or-down vote 
and we can avoid the extreme MAGA Republican shutdown. Of course, uh, the Republicans blaming the Democrats, Democrats were blame, uh, blaming the Republicans. That's House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. The bill that was going through would uh, fund the government through mid-November. It includes aid for Ukraine, and that's what House Republicans, at least some House Republicans, oppose. So it looks like that bill's not going to go through. So we'll watch. Uh, it's 12.01 Sunday morning when the official government shutdown would begin. WABC News Time 554. Uh, my computer screen has for some reason gone dead, but let's see if we can keep moving on. Um, here we go. Okay. There's a there was no word on that um, massive explosion that um, leveled a house in New Jersey last week. They still don't know what brought it down. It was in West Milford. Um, five people were in the house at the time. Uh, they were injured. Uh, thankfully, they're going to be okay, but they still don't know why the house came tumbling down. It was horrific. There was nothing left of the house. It was completely demolished, and there's debris floating. It looked like it was snowing. Yeah, so detectives have spent the week looking at the house, trying to figure out what took place. Quinn Farm, her family, were sprucing up the house, getting it ready to move in before the explosion uh, destroyed the house. It was the loudest bang i've ever heard in my life there was a fireball in fact uh, the one of the people in the house was trapped of the, under the rubble of it for a while until rescue crews came in and were able to pull him out there was a gentleman on a piece of plywood that had nails that were sticking out of it his face was bleeding his arms and his legs were bleeding uh you could hear a woman screaming help me yeah so uh, thankfully everybody in that house is going to be okay but still don't know why it exploded the um, taxi drivers and uh, those rideshare drivers, I'm sure you've run into this over the years when you've gotten into one, where the person behind the wheel, you want to ask them a question, but they don't speak any English. So now they're offering free English classes to drivers who want to take them. And there's a bunch of drivers who say, yeah, sign me up for a class where I can learn to speak English. Some passenger asking. Uh, so here's uh, two people who started taking this English class. Let's see how they're doing. Some passenger asking me about uh, anything. I can I can talk with with any passenger is uh, better than and uh, perfect uh, perfect. Uh, okay, he's a little hard to understand uh, in English. For everything, for life, for uh, work, for. Uh, we are in America. We need to approve our uh, existence here. You know? Yeah, okay. good for them for trying to learn English and speak it so when they can communicate with the people who get into their cars. Uh, here's the teacher, Kathy Saxby, who says about 75 students have shown up to take her class. Some of them speak great English and some of them have English challenges. It's really, really hard. And so, you know, it feels good when people learn and they get more confidence and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, the class is free, so they're hoping that more drivers will take it. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.